Welcome to the latest edition of Spotlight, a PEI media podcast that delves into the very latest in private markets investing. I'm Adam Lay, Senior Editor for Private Equity International in London, and in this episode we catch up with William Green, a managing partner at Stafford Capital Partners, a London headquartered investment firm that invests via various strategies including funds of funds and secondaries. We're speaking to Green in particular because in August, Stafford held the final close on its fourth infrastructure secondaries vehicle, raising more than 800 million euro to invest in the strategy across two vehicles, including a separately managed account. Now, for any listeners who might be yawning, know this. Infrastructure secondaries is going through a bit of a boom at the moment. Global giants such as Blackstone and Ardian have raised record funds for the strategy, with Ardian closing on $5.25 billion in April, the largest such fund dedicated to the area. Stafford hasn't broken any records per se with its latest fund, but size isn't what we found interesting about the firm's fund and strategy. What we did find interesting was that the firm sees lots of opportunities in unintermediated deal flow, and that ESG issues are driving deal flow for some sellers. Here's Green outlining how the latest fund invests. Our approach in this decisive series, if you will, is very much unchanged since uh, when we started over 10 years ago now. It's a strategy of indeed investing mostly in the traditional secondaries. These are the LP secondary interest and that uh, across the vehicles has normally uh, constituted about uh, 70% of the volume of investments we do. Within those LP secondaries, what we see is a bias towards core infrastructure, the lower risk infrastructure, a bias towards inflation-linked assets, a bias towards ESG-friendly assets. We have quite clear limits on our exposure to fossil fuels, for instance. And our approach to investing more broadly within these LP secondaries is to seek out parts of the markets that are less competitive. Our ticket sizes range normally from 5 to 100 million. We've done now 14 transactions. We would expect the final investment would be somewhere around 25 investments for a precise of four, very much in line with the predecessor fund. So quite intense investment activity, which allows us once again to stay in a corner of the market that's less competitive. We're able to continuously extract discounts often on off-market transactions, which differs quite a bit from the experience we see in many of the more competitive auction processes where premiums can be the norm rather than the discounts. Green says that infrastructure secondaries is a roughly $16 billion market, split roughly evenly between LPs selling portfolios of stakes in infrastructure funds and so-called GP-led transactions, which is basically infrastructure managers moving assets out of an existing fund and into a continuation fund that they continue to manage. One question I put to Green was that in a rising interest rate environment, infrastructure is often seen as an attractive asset class due to its yield-generating properties. In such an environment, why would an LP want to part ways with exposure to a portfolio of yield-generating assets? Green says that drivers of sales in infrastructure are the same as the ones in private equity, both for LP sales and for GP-led processes. The majority of the volume we see is one way or another a change of strategy. So this could be large Dutch or North American investors who decide to go more direct where they need to recycle capital or their existing fund investments become conflicted. This could be entities merging. We've seen that a lot in Australia, for instance, and consolidating their portfolios and relationships. And so what we've seen over time is that on average, 10% of a fund raised in the primary market ends up in some shape or form on the secondary market around five years later. So we've seen these deal flows tracking very nicely as a base case. But what we see on top of that are 
typically pockets of more motivated sellers that come to market. Green walked me through some of the deals he's done. One that may be illustrative is a transaction we did in the early days of Sysit 4 that, that shows a bit our approach. This is an Italian family office was looking to dispose of some of their assets due to the change in strategy. A large part of that portfolio, over 200 million, was composed of buyout and more general PE assets. And within that, there was roughly 30 million of transaction that represented infrastructure assets. And what was attractive to us in that context is that part of the portfolio is very much overlooked. It was under the radar of many of the investors. Um, we were fortunate in that we knew the assets, we knew the funds quite well. This is part of the homework we had done up front. So with that, we're able to position ourselves as really the only credible buyer quite quickly on, on that portfolio. And that's a situation that had its complexities. Uh, certainly, this uh, family office was not fully institutionalized and had quite a bit of hand-holding as well with the managers who had not concluded secondary transactions before. But for us, very nice ability to come in fully diversified portfolio yielding and had all the, the characteristics we were looking for. So that for us would be a typical LP transaction size. I asked Green whether he is seeing ESG-driven sales, whether LPs are attempting to dispose of stakes in funds because the assets in those funds or the strategies of their managers run foul of their own internal rules on environmental, social or governance issues. Very much so. I think if you look at the volume and the pricing of the funds that are focused on oil and gas energy funds, for instance, in North America, so certainly volumes have come up and pricing certainly has come down. It's not that rare to see those at 20, 30 or 40 percent discounts these days. And once again, these are not funds we, we would target particularly, but I think many of our investors or institutional investors that approach us with those opportunities clearly state their constraints, their limits, or their lack of appetite for holding these assets uh, these days as being a reason for the sale. Stafford has a 15% maximum limit on its exposure to the oil and gas sector and a 15% minimum target for renewable energy investments. Green says the fund is well below the oil and gas limit and well above the renewables minimum threshold. But do these limits restrict Stafford from what it can buy? For us, our willingness to acquire assets that have exposures to the fossil fuel sector is very limited. The 15% limit I mentioned is really uh, in the context of acquiring larger portfolios that may have some exposure to that rather than these energy-focused funds, which are out of focus for us. And I think out of focus for many buyers at the moment, which is the reason for, for the discounts. That's all for today. For more on Secondaries, head to secondariesinvestor.com. And for all our PEI Spotlight episodes, head to any of PEI Media's various titles online or wherever you get your podcasts. For PEI, I'm Adam Lay. Thanks for listening.